This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A curveball! It's time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 193 of Brewers on Tap. It is good to have you with us. The Brewers just moving along in spring training right now. Cactus League season is uh, approaching the final week now. A couple of exhibition games in Arlington, and then, can you feel it? Opening day right around the corner. We are almost a week away from opening day. I, I mean, I, I might be stretching that a little bit, but we're under two weeks, so I'm going to go with the, the positive, optimistic side of it. I'm going to say we're just a little over a week away from opening day against the Minnesota Twins at American Family Field. It's so exciting. Can't wait to have fans back at the ballpark. You're going to hear us talk about that every single time we open a microphone because that's how important it is to us and that's how much we miss the fans a season ago. We have a great podcast for you today. We're excited about it. Travis Shaw made the team. That news becoming official earlier in the week. He's going to be the Brewers' third baseman along with a couple of other guys that will be in the mix there at third. But it would look like Travis probably the primary third baseman, at least out of the gate for the crew. And we're going to chat with him a little bit about being back. Doesn't feel like he left in a lot of ways, right? I mean, 2020 was such a strange year anyway. It does not feel like Travis Shaw ever left. And he's back with the Brewers. He's going to join us on Brewers on Tap. Also, Brewers announcing a new TV crew for this coming year. I shouldn't say new. It's not all new. Most of the same familiar faces are back in the fold again. Brian Anderson, Jeff Levering, Matt LaPay. Uh, from a play-by-play standpoint, Craig Kashan, of course, hosting the pre- and post-game shows. A little play-by-play from him, too. Sophia Minert back there on the sidelines. Bill Schroeder, of course, back as an analyst. But some new faces that are going to be worked into the mix as well. Tim Dillard, we all know him and all of his social media fame. He's going to be a part of the pre- and post-game. And then Vinny Rotino going to be doing the same thing over the course of the summer Uh, as well. And then the big name, the other big addition to the crew is Chris Singleton, the former ESPN analyst, former White Sox analyst. He's going to be filling in maybe 20 plus games over the course of the summer. Chris is a tremendous baseball mind, tremendous talent, huge addition as well to the television side of the broadcast. That's a really strong team over there. We're very lucky uh, with the Brewers. We have some great talent associated with our broadcast. So those are the two big guests we have for you today on Brewers on Tap. A little bit of news uh, that came out this week, some interesting news, and that is the Brewers have signed uh, Zach Godley, the former Diamondback. He was with the Red Sox last year. They have signed him to a minor league contract. Now, Zach Godley had a rough year last year with the Red Sox, had an ERA north of eight, but he was a 15-game winner in 2018. Zach Godley has a lot of potential. He has some talent, and this is somebody that still probably has some gas left in the tank, and the Brewers are going to need arms to fill 
these innings over the course of this year. We've talked so much about this. It is not going to be a typical year in terms of saying, hey, Brandon Woodruff, go get us 175, 180 innings. Hey, Corbin Burns, see if you can get us 180 innings over the course of the 2021 season. Very unlikely, very unlikely that those kinds of numbers from a, a usage standpoint, from an inning standpoint, would be asked of of guys in the Brewers rotation. Furthermore, you probably won't ask for 67 or 70 appearances out of Josh Hader out of the bullpen. You'll probably try to spread that stuff out. So you're going to need guys to cover innings. And the more depth you can acquire now and stash in AAA or even AA if you need to to help cover some of those innings, that's going to be a big part of who is left standing in September as the season's coming down the stretch. So I think it's a great signing. It really has nothing but upside for the Brewers. If Zach Godley can find himself back in a 2018 form, which is not that long ago, oh, what a what a tremendous thing that would be for the crew. It would just be another steady arm that they could turn to in that rotation. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a fun year. This is a really talented team with some interesting pieces and I know we're all excited to see what the Brewers are going to be able to get done in 2021. Let's jump right into it. Travis Shaw back with the crew and he's excited about it. Travis Shaw is our guest on Brewers on Tap. Great to have you back first and foremost. It feels like you never left in, in a lot of ways and and probably for some ways it probably doesn't feel like you ever left. I mean it was a shortened season last year at that so you weren't gone very long. No, I wasn't. Like you said, it doesn't feel like I left. Um, last year was kind of a mess for everybody, every team. So uh, kind of threw that one out the window, and we're back again starting fresh in 2021. So uh, new start. Still feels like I haven't left. and Excited to be back. It's going to be weird for you someday when your career's over and you look back and think about the one year you played in Toronto, but you never played in Toronto. I'm sure you've thought about that already. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I hit my, the weirdest part is I hit my hundredth big league homer in Buffalo. So that's going to be, <laughs> that's going to be a stat uh, in my career. That's going to stand out for sure. That hundredth big league homer was hit in a triple a stadium. So. That's amazing. It really is kind of cool. What was that experience like though, to be basically essentially on the road for an entire year? I know you guys had accommodations in Buffalo and you're able to make that as much your home as you possibly could and make the most out of it. But was that a different grind than, I mean, it was obviously a different grind from a normal season because of the COVID protocols, but even, even beyond that, just being in a city that you hadn't spent much time in, that wasn't uh, a stadium that had been fitted for a major league team until minutes before you guys showed up. Yeah, it was, it was difficult. Um, It wasn't an ideal situation. Uh, The Blue Jays did do a really good job though, with getting everything set up. Um, They were kind of dealt a losing hand. I mean, they had, like a week to kind of get this thing going and they had to make some improvements, definitely some locker room improvements, uh, all the stuff behind the scenes for us, as well as kind of field conditions, extra lights. So there, there was a lot going on there in a short amount of time. They did a pretty good job with it, but ideally that's, that's not what you would look for in a, in a regular season. Uh, as we said, feels like you never left You're back with the crew. You look good. You look like you're in a good place right now at the plate. You're seeing the ball extremely well you can never get too caught up in numbers in spring training but you're taking a lot of walks it, it seems like you're getting deep into counts and seeing the baseball really well right now yeah I am I feel really confident with where I'm at at the plate like you said I see the ball extremely well I'm not chasing a ton of pitches outside the zone uh the contact rate's been 
been really high. That was a that was a big issue in in 2019 was was the strikeouts, and uh, I feel like I've kind of fixed those those issues. And um, I'm hitting balls hard. I'm, I'm not getting a ton of hits to show for them in spring training, but the quality of contact's been good. The quality of the bats have been good. And going into going into opening day, I feel very confident and really pleased with where I'm at at the plate right now. You worked with Andy Haynes in in 2019. Obviously, that was a season you want to flush and, and you want to think about 17 and 18 when you had unbelievable years. Uh, OPS north of 800 both years, 30 plus home runs both years. Big part of the middle of the Brewers lineup. Now that you've had a, a year away and you're back with Andy again, and he's kind of seen some of the things maybe you did in Toronto, because you had a pretty good year last year in Toronto um, that, that you had to feel like was a good step forward and kind of putting 2019 behind you. And what are some of the, the, the things that you and Andy have connected on now, having kind of a year to take, take a breath and, and get back into work with each other again? Yeah, last year was a good step. Uh, there were still some things that, I felt I needed to clean up still coming into this year, but last year was definitely a good step off of, off of that year before. And then early in camp, Andy actually found something uh, on video that kind of translated back to what 2018 looked like a little bit. And we've been working extensively on that uh, the rest of camp. And it's a very simple thought process. It's a very simple movement and it's paid big dividends so far, especially with my BPs and how it's translated into the game. And, uh, we made that adjustment right before there was a game or two where I hit a double and a homer and back-to-back games. So it ended up translating into results pretty quickly. And uh, that was something that we were missing in 19. We were both searching. I mean, I was definitely searching and he, he was searching too, to try to find something that worked for me that year. We just couldn't figure it out. Uh, but I think, I think we're off on the right, right foot early, early this year. You had an out in your contract basically halfway through spring training. And I think anybody that looked at the Brewers roster going into spring training knew that you had a really good chance to, to be on the 26-man roster and likely be the opening day third baseman. I'm sure you were confident in that too, but you wanted to go earn it and it all kind of worked out. It, it had to feel good to make it official, even though I think you felt like things were trending in a good direction even before that date. Yeah, the Brewers did a good job communicating with me. Um, throughout the whole process, even before I signed of kind of how it looked and how they thought it was going to work. So I had a pretty decent idea that as long as everything went as planned, that that, that wouldn't have been an issue come that opt-out date. Uh, it was nice to get it, get past that date and get officially added though. Um, as much as you want to believe everything, you just want to, you want it in, in writing. And, and we finally got past that date and uh, couldn't be more excited to get back to Milwaukee. Speaking of being excited, Jackie Bradley Jr. is with the crew, and I know everybody that's played with him says he's one of their favorite teammates. To have him with you in Milwaukee, that, that has to be something you're pretty fired up about. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one of my better friends um, that I've played with over my career, and he's a great person, great individual, and plays hard, and Milwaukee's going to definitely love him. I mean, he's an unbelievable outfielder, and uh, he's won a World Series winning player, so super excited to have him back on my team. How excited are you to play in front of fans again? I mean, getting a chance to do it in spring, I think it's made a big difference and it's going to be even better once we get to the regular season. You have to be really thrilled that that's going to be the case. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you don't realize how much fans mean until they're gone. And last year was last year was tough for all players, for everybody involved. I mean, it's it's not the same when you go to an empty ballpark. It's really not. Uh, the adrenaline's not there. The just it's different. And it wasn't as fun last year, I think for a lot of players. And I think you could see that with some of the results of 
kind of everybody across the industry with how the hitting numbers were down and everything. So I think all players are excited to see fans back in the stands. I know I definitely am. And uh, looking forward, hopefully, hopefully by mid to late summer, we can get a full house again and can't wait for that day. Well, Travis, we're thrilled to have you back in Milwaukee. I know the fans are thrilled to have your family back as well. Um, it's just a, it's a tremendous thing to have you back in a, in a Brewers uniform. You're a Brewer and it feels right to have you back again. Congratulations on being back here and we can't wait to see you get it going in the regular season. Thanks. Excited to be back. Can't wait. Big thanks to Travis Shaw for joining us here on Brewers on Tap. And I mean, look, Travis Shaw is, uh, I, I think it was a good, shrewd signing by David Stearns and Matt Arnold to bring him back. Uh, we know that he spent three years in Milwaukee. Well, two-thirds, two out of three ain't bad, right? And two-thirds of those years were big-time years. 2017 is age 27 season. He hits 273. He has an OPS of 862. He hits 31 home runs, and he drives in 101. By the way, he stole 10 bases that year, too, which is also um, noteworthy, I guess, in some ways. 2018, he comes back. Just a 241 average, but he still hits 32 home runs, 86 RBIs, 23 doubles, and this was with uh, about 20 less plate appearances than he'd had the year previously. Remember, he, he platooned a little bit with Jonathan Scope at second base the last month or so. Uh, last couple of months of the season, but it was still good for an OPS of 825. He was still taking a lot of walks. He walked 78 times in 2018. His walk rate actually went up, and his strikeout rate actually went down in 2018 in comparison to 2017. So in many ways, his 2018 was absolutely right on par with the 2017 that he put together. We all know 2019 was a was a was a terrible year for Travis Shaw. It was so below where his standards are. He knew that. He was frustrated by it. He spent a lot of time in AAA trying to find himself. He comes back last year with Toronto. In 50 games, he hits 239, which is, by the way, not that far off from the 241 he hit for the Brewers in 2018. He had 10 doubles and 180 plate appearances. He had six home runs. He had 17 driven in, 16 walks, 50 strikeouts, which probably – is, is higher than you would like. So the strikeout numbers were still a little bit higher. But the slugging percentage, while it wasn't what it was in 18 or 17, it was way closer to that level. He slugged at 480 in 2018. He slugged at 411 last year. Okay? So you start looking at the numbers. He took a good step forward last year. And I think he's primed to, to maybe he's not going to get to the 17 and 18 numbers. But I think he's primed to settle somewhere between those numbers and where he was last year. And if he does that, that's going to far exceed what the Brewers' results were, what the production they got from third base a season ago. So I think there's reason to be optimistic about Travis Shaw being a nice piece to this puzzle for the Brewers in 2021. It was good catching up with Travis Shaw. He's a good guy. And uh, I know he's well-liked within that clubhouse with the Brewers as well. Everybody's glad to have him back for sure. Another guy that we're excited to have around is Chris Singleton. He's going to be a part of the television crew this coming year. And we had a chance to catch up with him and talk to him about being a member of the Brewers broadcast. Brewers on Tap continues with new Brewers analyst Chris Singleton, who, of course, uh, many of our fans very familiar with, both as a player and, of course, as a broadcaster as well. 
Uh, Chris, first and foremost, welcome to the Brewers. It's really exciting to have you a part of things. Yeah, well, likewise, uh, thank you so much for having me on. And um, it is, it's exciting. I'm looking forward to uh, just being part of this organization. Um, you know, it's been a long time since I've worked with the team. My broadcasting career started, you know, a couple of years with the White Sox and then departed there for ESPN. So, you know, there's a, there's a difference between doing all the national stuff and then having some connection to a team. But uh, I was able to, a couple of years ago, uh, do all of the postseason games for the Brewers and got to spend a lot of time in and around uh, Milwaukee and, and the guys. And I just remember the impression that it made on me. It's like, wow, this would be a great place to do a lot more baseball. I, I had no idea it would end up this way, but uh, I was thinking it would just because the, the Brewers would be so good every year that, you know, they'd be in the playoffs. But uh, here's a great opportunity to sort of get a, a front row seat to see this talent. And, you know, Chris, you hit on something. We always talk about baseball being romantic and being romantic. There is a romance between the city of Milwaukee and their baseball team. And, and obviously you saw that firsthand when you were there for the playoffs a couple of years ago. Yeah, it was, I mean, and gosh, it just seems like forever ago, right, Lane? I mean, just because of COVID last year and everything. Yeah. But I mean, you go back to, what was it, it was 2018, I believe, and just when everything was free and, and people were just moving about and, you know, the, 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 the concourses packed after the games, leave it out of there, being in the ballpark and just the energy uh, that was there and just, you know, the team, I mean, they were, they steamrolled, right? I mean, they steamrolled through the Rockies, pushed the Dodgers all the way to that game seven. Um, yeah, it, it was, it was really neat. And then also too, just with the city, you know, being downtown primarily, but, you know, just great spots to thump around some good walking some some good restaurants and uh yeah it was and it was just you you didn't feel like you were um it, it, it's like the perfect size you know of a place it's like not too big not too small and you know people are pretty friendly that's the one thing i'd say at the ballpark i mean friendliest people i think in baseball chris singleton is our guest here on brewers on tap chris you were introduced on St. Patrick's Day, actually, um, as, a, as a member of the crew and a very unique way to introduce yourselves. Uh, Tim Dillard, who's one of the most creative guys in baseball, <laughs> came up with a very cool little like kind of an 80s sitcom open uh, to yeah. introduce all of you guys. And you were great, man. You were decked out in your ski gear. <laughs> uh, I thought that was a fun way to, to introduce all the new personalities, along with the people that are going to be back on the TV side as well this year. Yeah, Tim did a great job with that. You know, I when the text thread started and, you know, I heard he's a funny guy. I'd never met him before, but the text thread started. He had this little video and he was saying, hey, if you guys could send us a short video. I thought he was kidding. I didn't think it was serious. <laughs> and so I didn't act upon it. And I was on a trip, a uh, snowboarding trip out west. And I, you know, I didn't think it was I thought it was just a joke. And then we had a big Zoom meeting with all of the talent. And he had mentioned, hey, I'm just waiting on a couple more people to send their videos. And I was like, oh, this is really serious. So <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, I'm at this rustic, you know, log cabin out in the middle of nowhere up in, you know, Flagstaff, Arizona. I really can't, you know, do anything. And so I text him and I said, hey, when do you need the video by? He said, you know, today or tomorrow would be great. And I'm like, wow, neither one looks really good because I'm not at home. I can't get my creative juices together and then it just hit me I looked down and they had a basket these people had a basket of gloves and hats and like old skis if you look those are like old wooden skis and everything else and so I had my buddy that was there said okay just video me coming down the stairs I'll put this ridiculous stuff on and it'll look throwback and uh 
you know, took a shot at it. We did it one take and sent it over. And Tim was like, hey, this is great. So um, I was glad that I was able to contribute and, and not like, you know, bring the whole thing down with something that was kind of whack. I thought yours was one of the best ones. And I'm not just saying that because uh, you're on this uh, interview with me. I really did. I thought yours was creative and funny and, and it stood out. Bill Schroeder was really good as well. Yeah, trying yeah. to get out of this crap. I got to chuckle <laughs> out of it. Uh, as well. We, we, we touched a little bit on your broadcasting career, White Sox, and then of course with ESPN. Uh, just your time in and around the game. You've been around this game for a long time. You've had a lot of different experiences in it. Um, what are some of the things that stand out to you that you've been able to experience being up close and personal with baseball for such a good portion of your adult life? Yeah, Lane, I mean, it's, it's amazing how time flies and, you know, you look and you're, man, I've been a broadcaster for 15 years. And um, I mean, just, just going back to when it first started, when I wasn't really sure if I really wanted to do it, but the White Sox asked me, you know, to come in, give it a shot, ended up really liking it. And then after a couple of years, you know, being able to transition back to Atlanta to live at home where our kids could just kind of be around family and school, but then I could work for ESPN and fly up to Bristol. Uh, and do all of that and so now you're doing a show that you watched as a player you know you'd go back to the hotel and watch all the time had no idea that you know one day I would be doing baseball tonight and and then all the opportunities there with doing sports center hits and um, I remember early on in my career uh, it was really cool because you know they had a lot of confidence in me and I was I remember being in the World Series in Philadelphia and I'm down on the field they set us up um, and they had a segment that I was hosting and my guest was Peter Gammons. So here I am a kid, you know, I'm second year with the network. It's the world series. They set me up. Hey, you're hosting this segment. We're going to throw down to you. You and Peter are going to talk about the game and you're going to facilitate this. And it was just kind of like, wow. And, you know, Peter Gammons, obviously for, you know, many, many years, such a, a highly respected, uh, you know, hall of famer in terms of writing and everything else. So, you know, things like that, 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 stick in your mind, um, you know, getting to do a year of, of, you know, TV games with Dan Schulman. I mean, I've gotten to work with so many great, uh, you know, analysts, but play-by-play voices from Dan Schulman, John Shambi, and um, just on and on other guys that have filled in over the years. So uh, those, those have been wonderful. The playoff opportunities, you know, it's one of those things lane where, you know, when you're there, I guess the difference with when you're doing it for a team, hey, you're hoping your team will be you know, good enough to get into the postseason. When you're working for a national network, I'm covering the postseason every year, no matter what. Um, right. And sometimes, you know, if you're not careful, it becomes a little ho-hum until all of a sudden that first pitch is thrown in October and you're like, man, I'm doing the playoffs. Like, this is baseball. Like, you're, you know, and it kind of just like, you know, uh, sobers you up and you're saying, this right. is awesome. And, uh, you know, just a real, real privilege and honor to, to get to do. I've gotten to do way more than I ever would have imagined. I think I've broad, been broadcasting a lot longer than I ever would have imagined. But um, I guess that's just how life takes, takes shape and form and you end up here. And then, you know, I get to add this to my uh, experience and, and to my resume as well, just, you know, becoming a part of the brew crew and, and uh, getting to work with this team. So, yeah, it's been pretty phenomenal, to say the least. Chris, when you look at this team, and it's granted, there's still a little over a week left in, in spring training and then a couple of exhibition games. So there's a lot that's going to take shape in, in that time period, as you know, with the roster and everything else. But you have a decent idea now 
of kind of who's going to be where. And we know that Travis Shaw looks like he's going to be the third baseman, at least to start the year. That was one of the question marks coming in. What, what are some of your impressions of this team? They've certainly added a lot of defense. And I think they have maybe under the radar arms in terms of nationally when people talk about some of the better pitching staffs in baseball. But what are, what are some of your impressions of this team? Well, I'd say first, I mean, I mean, we could just get it out of the way with the hater and Williams at the back end of the bullpen. That, I mean, that, that one, two punch yeah. with guys are, guys are healthy, put them up against anybody uh, in baseball and, and, and very well is the best, you know, back end of the bullpen of, of any team. I mean, you could argue, you know, some of the places like in New York that's had Chapman, Britain, but you know, Britain's got a little uh, injury as well. I, I just think right now, this is the hottest ticket, you know, at the back end, eighth and ninth inning um, between Williams and Hader, if, if it plays out, you know, that way, as far as how council uh, uses the guys, but, you know, I'll, you, you, I go from there and I kind of default back to position players to guys that I've seen a lot of, um, you know, over the years from the number of games for ESPN that we do with the St. Louis Cardinals, the number of Red Sox games that we do. So having added Jackie Bradley Jr. and Colton Wong and being able to, even though I'm not, part of those organizations that they played for I've done so many of their games that your familiarity with their style of play what they do how you know maybe there can be some streakiness at times get hot carry a team absolutely put a team on your back I mean we saw what Jackie Bradley Jr. did in the postseason a couple of years ago um, I think it was in the, the championship series or, or wherever but just he's a guy that defensively is uh, has been just incredible to watch and in, in what he does out there in the outfield. And then Colton Wong as well, just, I mean, a gold glove caliber second baseman. I think those two additions are going to be some nice sparks for, you know, a lineup with, you know, an MVP and Christian Yelich and, you know, Lorenzo Cain, obviously he's getting a little older now and, you know, just got to monitor his um, sort of innings, if you will, just to make sure he gets out of the gate, especially after being out, out, out last year and, you know, coming back healthy. But from, from that perspective, I mean, I, I think there's some, some real um, excitement. And I know I've, I've omitted a couple of guys, but um, I think the roster rounds out pretty well. I've, I've always, I haven't seen a lot of Keston Hira, but what I have seen of him, um, the reminder for me is a little bit of Clint Frazier in terms of bat speed. You know, Clint Frazier, there's a quote by Brian Cashman that Clint Frazier in the scouting report, he has legendary bat speed. And if you ever watch the kid swing, I mean, he, he's got some incredible bat speed. But I also, in watching Keston Hira swing, I, I felt like there's a similarity there in terms of the way that bat moves to the zone. So uh, hopefully he'll be able to be comfortable, you know, transitioning to first base, that it's not something that takes away from the things that he still needs to iron out on the offensive side of the plate. But uh, I, I think that, you know, this is a very, very um, capable team. And especially when... The division, um, you know, I, I don't I don't see the Cubs as, as being as, as strong as they had a couple of years ago. And even where they are this year, um, I, I think the Cardinals have a chance to be you know, pretty good. But I think the Brewers have a, another chance to be right there at the top for sure. And and, uh, you know, punch another October this year. And you, you mentioned uh, Wong and Bradley and uh, Wong obviously playing in the NL Central already, but Bradley coming over the NL Central getting to play half of your games at American family field as a left-handed hitter typically 
increases those offensive numbers a little bit too. And both of those guys are good offensive players, but I think they could be in line, especially I think with a pretty good lineup around them. I think it's going to be a much better lineup than it was certainly last year when in 60 games that that offense just didn't do what a lot of people thought it would going into the season. But I think a lot of these guys will bounce back, but you throw those guys into this lineup and into the ballpark um, that they're going to play in. Um, I think it's reasonable to expect that they could have their best offensive years as, as major leaguers. I know that's a lot of pressure, but uh, the ballpark yeah. typically plays that way for lefties. He, he, it usually elevates their numbers pretty quickly. Yeah. I, I would say, you know, the, the versatility and sort of that depth and, and especially the way that, you know, Craig council manages a roster. Uh, I think it, it plays in perfectly. And, and obviously that's what, you know, David Stearns is, is doing, yeah. I understand, you know, what the philosophy is and how they approach things. And, um, and guys also, you know, have to, to kind of come in with a little bit of an understanding um, that things are going to at times alternate. And, and Colton Wong's had, um, he's had some ups and downs in St. Louis in terms of, you know, splits and playing and here and there, even though he's always been, you know, hands down their best defensive second baseman, um, Jackie Bradley Jr., pretty much a mainstay because the defense, you know, defensive runs save for, for the guy. I mean, you, even when struggling, you still, especially with that big outfield that they had in Boston, I mean, you still needed to keep him in there, but you know, that, that may change a little bit this year uh, for him, the way that, you know, council utilizes the roster. So we'll see how that goes. But I think to your point about being left-handers um, I always thought about this as a player. It, it's, you have to, to make sure that you try to be, a good hitter so that when you're a little bit too quick, you take advantage of that, you know, short porch or, or good mm-hmm. carry out to right field. And I think that American family field, how about that? I got it right. I didn't say Miller. That's Park. awesome. Amer- you're pro. American out of the gates, man. American <laughs> family field. I, I think the way that it plays, at least, you know, when I remember when I, when I had gotten to play there as a visiting player that it's, it's a good park to hit in even to the opposite field gap. Even so, so as far as a hitter, you don't have to come in and say, hey, it's all or nothing. Like, let's just say Yankee right. Stadium. Yankee Stadium for left-hander, it's like you got to be all or nothing to right field because if you miss the left center field, it's a graveyard. Um, and so guys can overdo that mindset and then create, you know, some early commits and become more susceptible to, to off-speed stuff and, and more swings and misses. But I think in Milwaukee, you have the opportunity to say, hey, I can still drive the ball get it to the wall in left center field, have an extra base hit. Or if I'm a little quick, man, I hit that ball out to right center field or right field. So I think all around um, it's a good environment to be in on the offensive side. Well, Chris, we appreciate it. Thank you for giving us some time. We're thrilled to have you as a part of the group. You're going to be a part of such a tremendously hunted group of broadcasters on the TV side. And uh, it's going to be fun having you around. All right, my pleasure, Lane. Good to meet you, and I look forward to the face-to-face as well. Big thanks to Chris Singleton for joining us here on Brewers on Tap. Well, that's going to do it for us in this week's edition of the podcast. 193's in the books. 194's coming your way next week as we get closer and closer to opening day for the 2021 championship season. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy. I'm Lane Grindle. Have a good one, everybody.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 